The Outlet. The Talk of Wanaka. I started a group called the Wanaka Social Meetup and within seven days it went from seven of us meeting at Monkey Farm for a coffee to 50 people. And I thought, oh my goodness, we're on, we're on to something here. So the Poor Poor Charity Run, it's a, uh, it's a fundraising road trip for um, many enthusiasts, uh, many obviously being in the car. We use a route that's uh, loosely sort of based on the um, original Goodbye Port Pie movie that was um, iconic, a movie back from the 1980s. We're the only current wave machine or stationary wave machine on the market that can change from a left to a right and probably under two minutes. The closest person that gets to that's over an hour and they have to actually physically stop the machine and um, take a form out and turn it around, whereas we, we basically just deflate some pressures and inflate some other pressures and they create different shaped waves. Welcome to The Outlet. I'm your host, Brent Harbour. Now, The Outlet is a podcast for the Upper Clutha, discussing local news, sport, events and more. Coming up on today's podcast, there's a new social meetup group for people that Stephanie Holloway from Elemental Potential is calling pre-seniors. It's called the Jones Wanaka. We'll learn more about that shortly. Jared and his daughter Zoe are doing the Pork Pie Charity Run for Kids Can, driving from Pie Here to Invercargill at the end of March. He'll tell us about his 40-year-old mini and where you can support them with a donation. Plus, imagine being able to surf at a farm in Harwea Flat. Well, around Easter, that'll be a possibility. Ross from Your Wave tells us about his wave machine and how it works. But first, we'll talk local news and sport with Tony from the Wanaka app. The Outlet, local news. Joining me now is Tony from the Wanaka app to chat about what's happening in local news. Hi, Tony. Yeah, hi, Brent. Great to be here. As always, there's plenty happening in our community, with the most notable being that work has begun on the Schools to Pool Active Transport Project. This is a great initiative which will see a shared pathway linking Holy Family School, Wanaka Primary and Mount Aspiring College to the Wanaka Recreation Centre. It's a five-stage project, so it's going to take a while, but it's great to see it started. And I see the district has announced support for Central Hawke's Bay. Yeah, this is part of the Adopt-A-Community initiative, which sees councils across the country that weren't impacted by Cyclone Gabriel adopt an impacted community. The Queenstown Lakes has adopted one of the hardest-hit areas, and the local council is encouraging residents to donate to the Central Hawke's Bay Merrill Relief Fund. Now, there's a story on this in the Wanaka app and all the information on how to donate is there. And it looks like the airport is back in business. Well, that's some good news for the community. Queenstown Airport announced a record half-year dividend payout on the back of improved trading. QLDC, our council, owns 75% of the airport, so it will get $4.49 million, and that equates to around about $150 per rate payout. And lastly, the median house price is down. It is off the highs of 2022. It reached one point. $5 million last year. In January this year, it was down 9% to $1.25 million, but that is still 50% up on two years ago. Thanks, Tony. And there's always plenty happening in local news and sport, which can be found on your Wanaka app. Make sure to turn on your notifications. You're listening to The Outlet. I really like the interviews. I like that it's easy to listen to while I'm at the gym. I like that it's local and all about this community. The Outlet, the talk of Wanaka. This is The Outlet, the talk of Wanaka. And you can join the Grow Wanaka Community Garden Working Bee every Saturday between 10 and 2. Bring bags for produce, a mug for tea and some warm clothes as we head into the colder weather. You can bring kai to share and they're accepting bokashi bins to bury. So please feel free to bring your home bin down to the garden. 
Now, Steph Holloway started Wanaka Social Meetup two years ago and it currently has over 600 members. Off the back of that success, Steph has started a new group called The Jones Wanaka and she gave me the lowdown on what that's all about. Hi, Steph. How are you? I'm really good. Thank you, Brent. Now, we're going to talk about something that you started a couple of years ago called Wanaka Social Meetup. So what what was that all about and what what inspired you to get that underway? Uh, Great question. What inspired it is um, I'd been working in and out of Wanaka for a few years, but then two years ago, I actually came here to live permanently. And I realized that because I'd been on the road for a lot of times, even though I felt like I knew Wanaka, I didn't know a lot of people. And I wanted to connect with some new people, wasn't sure how to do that. And while I was on the road, I'd been using an app called Meetup which is basically a friendship group where whichever town you're in, you can just connect with new, new people, just look for the Meetup app. So I started it on the Meetup app. I started a group called the Wanaka Social Meetup and within seven days, it went from seven of us meeting at Monkey Farm for a coffee to 50 people. And I thought, oh my goodness, we're on, we're on to something here. So I we moved it off Meetup off the app because on the Meetup app, you have to, you know, the host has to organize everything and that was never my intention. My intention was that people would be self-organizing. And as soon as we moved it onto Facebook, that's exactly what happened. It grew really, really quickly. It went like 100, 200, 300. And today it's sitting at about 648, I think. And and exactly what I wanted to happen is now happening. They are self-organizing whether I'm there or not. Most of those people wouldn't even know I'm an admin for it. It just happens, which is incredible. Yeah, that's really good. So what are some of the things that you do? Well, I think that first year we concentrated on pub quizzes uh, and what we realised is collectively we were brilliant at pub quizzes. The first one that we went to, we used to do the one at the Albee and we did the one at the Monkey Farm and we looked around the table at the one that we did at the Albee. There was eight of us, I think, in the pub quiz group from seven different countries and some were men, some were women, some were young, some were old. So we just looked around the table and I'm like, oh my goodness, guys, I think we've got a really good shot. Look at what look at what we must know collectively. And sure enough, like we won one of the prizes at the Albi because collectively we did know a lot, you know. Um, and so pub quizzes became a regular thing. We regularly met for coffee. We did potlucks. We had beach barbecues. And then as they got bigger, people started, you know, I'd occasionally put a prompter on there and go, come on, you guys, I'm not your mother, you know, organize things amongst yourselves. And then all of a sudden people started doing that. And it was all of a sudden it was like it was real time stuff started to happen. Like I'm walking my dog today. Anybody want to join me? I'm going for a curry at Bombay Palace. Anybody want to join me? And it it just became really organic then which was lovely and kind of my vision for it in the beginning. I didn't want to be anybody's (laughs) organiser. It looks like it worked out that way for you. So, I mean, you've created a new group now off the back of all this, haven't you? I really have. Oh, my goodness. So I started it last Friday. I think we've got 10 members as we stand today. So I have every reason to believe that a similar thing might happen. And the reason I started a new group is, hey, it's no secret, I'm, I'm 61. I do a lot of work within my business that's on the generational research side. And what I figured out through my work is there's a there's an extra generation that has been recognized in the last few years called the Jones. And the Jones are basically we we don't fit in anybody's group. We we don't really identify with Gen X. We don't really identify with a boomer. So I came up with this new term called we are pre seniors. Some people like that. Some people don't. But the uh, you know, the global term that's been adopted for it is the Jones. We are the Jones generation. 
as in, you know, if you think in England, keeping up with the Joneses. We were that nine year time span when we're quite unique in that we were there before the internet, as the internet, during the technology. We, you know, we went through all the different um, audio tapes to CDs to DVD. We, we've seen it all. So in that nine years, a lot happened in the world and that made Jones a very unique generation. So I'm looking at this list growing every day, like three or four new people join Monica Social Meetup every day and thinking, where's my tribe? You know, where's the people that I wanted to meet when I first started this and couldn't see them? So last Friday on a whim, I just started a breakaway group. We met for the first time on Saturday morning. Uh, we did it back at Monkey Farm that is now Hello Ranger. And five people turned up and I thought, OK, we're off again. But now with my age, with the pre-seniors. <laughs> well, Steph, if people want to find out more about the group or get in touch, what's the best way of going about it? Um, it's a Facebook group. So if you if you want to join the Wanaka Social Meetup, I've just added on a couple of new admins and I've asked somebody else who's a millennial if they'll take over the admin. I've also asked somebody this morning who is a speed dating expert if she wants to be part of the admin team because I'd be interested to see if anything comes of that, you know, if she puts some more. So basically what might happen in the next few weeks is I hand over that and it was never my intention to be an organiser of it anyway. And if they want to get in touch with the other one, that is the Jones Wanaka. Thanks, Steph. And you can read more about the Jones on your Wanaka app. Still to come, you can go surfing at a farm in Lake Harware. Ross from Your Wave will fill us in on that. But next, what would it be like to drive a 40-year-old Mini from Paihia to Invercargill? I'll catch up with Jared about the Pork Pie Charity Run. The Outlet, from your Wanaka app. Thanks for listening to The Outlet. Now, Wanaka Walkie Talkies is a new walking group meeting every Tuesday between 10.30 and 11.45 for a free walk along Lake Wanaka and then you grab a coffee with special rates provided at Edgewater Cafe. So it's a great way to connect with others and stay active. You meet at the Wanaka Water Sports Facility car park. Now, a 40-year-old Mini doesn't provide the same level of comfort as a modern car, but that doesn't bother Jared Fraser, who's doing his third pork pie charity run for Kids Can. Now, Kids Can is New Zealand's leading charity dedicated to helping Kiwi kids affected by poverty by providing food, jackets, shoes and health products to schools and early childhood centres right across the country. Jared and his daughter Zoe start the pork pie run at the end of March, and he joins me now. Give us a bit of a background on the Pork Pie Charity Run that you're doing. Yeah, so the Pork Pie Charity Run, it's a, uh, it's a fundraising road trip for um, mini enthusiasts, uh, mini obviously being in the car. We use a route that's uh, loosely sort of based on the um, original Goodbye Pork Pie movie that was um, sort of a iconic movie back from the 1980s, which was a, it's quite, a, quite an exciting one. The first run took place in, I think it was about 2009, uh, that ran from Kaitai to Invercargill, now runs from Pai here to Invercargill, uh, over sort of six days and about 3,000 kilometres. We've got 50 cars participating, and of those, all those 50 spots are pretty much taken in about five or six minutes as soon as it goes live online, so it's, uh, it's pretty popular out there. Over the past... Well, past few years, that's it's obviously obviously been a fundraising event for um, different charities. So we've fundraised for Starship, um, Leukemia, and Blood Cancer New Zealand and Kids Can. The current run is once again being a um, fundraising event for Kids Can New Zealand. So you last time we raised a bit over three hundred and twenty thousand dollars over the over the run, uh, which is amazing. And uh, yeah, this time we're trying to exceed that this time round. So um, yeah, it's a big call, but I think we, sh- we should better do it. So tell me a bit about your money. Uh, let's see, my mini's a sort of the um, 
so that one of the classics so it, the run is open to all minis so whether the old ones or the new ones doesn't uh, doesn't much matter really they're all minis all the same uh, mine's about 42 years old so it's a uh, one of the earlier ones yeah it's got a few extra wee comforts in it now like a uh, comfier seats which you sort of need when you're driving 3,000 kilometers a few other me mod cons no heater so we're sort of hoping it's going to be nice and warm because otherwise we'd be pretty cold have to have thicker socks on hopefully it makes it it has made the last couple so uh, fingers crossed for this one as well what about the suspension in it i mean suspension in a mini from 40 years ago a little bit different to a car today right uh yeah yeah say so my chiropractor definitely gets a call afterwards yeah, the suspensions, it's not the best. And, and this sort of uh, trip, I think one of the one of the new minis might be a bit more comfortable, but hey, it's all part of it for us. You've done the run twice already. So what do you think is the hardest part of doing it? Yeah, we have. It's, uh, this will be my third time. First was 2019, second 2021, uh, again this year. But I would say the hardest thing, it's not actually the journey itself. The hardest thing is getting the fundraising. Yeah, the, look, it's obviously a bit tougher there for a few people at present. So, you know, donating is a bit hard, which we can appreciate. So, and also in the upper Clotha where we are, Kids Can doesn't actually uh, have any participating schools because they only work in decile one to six schools. Obviously in the upper Clotha, all their schools are decile 10. So um, a lot of people here haven't actually heard of Kids Can. So that's a bit of a bit of, bit of a challenge for us. The fundraising's hard. The uh, the drive's yeah, hard on the body, but um, still good fun. How long does it take? It's 3,000 Ks. So you drive 3,000 Ks and then you also do some fundraising. So so it's not just a straight, let's get in the car and drive all the way to Invercargill, kind of like they did in the movie, right? No, no, it's far from it, really. Like, um, yeah, well, it's six days, so you know we're on the road for about, about seven hours a day. We stop at you know, schools on the way, sort of fly the flag a bit, stop in all the small towns, shake buckets. Like, yeah, the people don't miss us, and we find um, yeah, once we put into town, yeah, people are, are quite generous giving the giving the spare change out of their wallets and or jumping onto our uh, onto our pages and donating that way, but. Yeah, it's not all, not all about the driving, even though it is you know, three thousand k. So, your daughter Zoe is this her first pork pie run? It is. Yeah, this is um, this time I bring my youngest daughter on. The first time I did it, I uh, took my brother, and he um, he shared the driving. My second time I did it, I took my oldest daughter, who said she was going to share the driving. She actually probably slept a lot uh, during the run, and but she was good on the fundraising. Uh, this time I'm taking my uh, youngest daughter, who's now 17, Zoe. She said she wants to drive, so we'll, we'll see how we go with that. She's she's pretty good with the manual now, so we'll uh, we'll get her out there driving a few other Ks as well. Yeah, she's um yeah, she's she's really keen to get stuck into it, which is really good, really exciting for me. Oh, it's good that she's learnt the manual, and uh, so is she on a restricted, obviously. She is now, yes, yeah. She's almost in a full. She's quite excited about that, but um. Yeah, she's uh, a few more driving lessons uh, in the mini. She'll be, uh, she'll be doing wonders. You can get some sleep on the way down, Jared. That'll be the way to go. Oh, it's a bit hard to sleep in a mini. It's, uh, it's quite noisy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. How much money are you trying to raise? And where's the best place for people to donate money? Yeah, well, um, look, overall, we're trying to raise $320,000, which I think is doable. Our team ourselves, we're trying to uh, exceed 5000 uh, I think if all the teams exceed that, we'll be well on our way. Currently, I'm sitting about three, so I'm you know pretty happy with that. So it's a, a good start. So basically, what we're asking for people to do is um, we've, we've got a, a Go fundraising page set up, which Kids Can set up for us. So every dollar that Dave gets donated via that goes goes straight to Kids Can, which is absolutely brilliant. So we're sort of asking people if they can jump on on board and donate five dollars. That'll feed one child in a school for a day, or if they donate fifty, for example, that'll um, supply you know, a lined warm jacket and a pair of shoes. So the best way to do it is jump on um, probably portpiecharityrun.co.nz. All the teams are listed there uh, and just look for Team Lake Wanaka. 
or jump on Facebook and just search Team Late Wanaka Port Pie Charity Run. Uh, and you, yeah, you should come across the charity page there. Any preferred snacks you have? Like when I go on a road trip with the kids, I always take jet planes. Oh, I'm even uh, M&M's myself. The chocolate or the peanut, Jared? Yeah, oh, definitely the chocolate. Crispy ones as well, so there'll be, there'll be a few packets of those going on the way, I'd say. Hey, well, all the very best for the pork pie run, and thank you so much for having a chat. No, absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. You can read more about Jared with links to his fundraising pages on your Wanaka app. Still to come, Ross from Your Wave on surfing the perfect wave without even heading to a beach. But first up, let's check out some of Wanaka's local jobs. The Outlet, Jobs Board. Honda Store Wanaka are on the hunt for a customer service ambassador to join their team and help deliver the best customer experience. Pembroke Wines and Spirits have an opportunity for a wine enthusiast, customer-focused and self-motivated duty manager to join their team. New World 3 Parks are looking for an energetic person to be part of their busy butchery department. Mount Aspiring College require a science lab technician to provide support to their science teaching staff. And Liquorland 3 Parks is looking for an experienced and motivated store manager. If you want to find out more on these local jobs, make sure you click the community jobs button on your Wanaka app. You're listening to The Outlet. Thanks for listening to The Outlet. Wanaka Library invites your children to join them for their after-school Lego Club every Tuesday from 3.30 to 4.30. Now, their Lego Club is for primary-age school children and is all about sharing their ideas and creating new and fantastical creatures, vehicles and structures. Sessions are free and held weekly during term time. And you can find out more by clicking on the Things to Do button and then Events on your Wanaka app. Ross McCarthy is the director and founder of Your Wave, the world's first custom standing wave that can easily alter the face of the wave for surfers of different skill levels. And he joins me now. Tell me a little bit about how Your Wave came together, how you started working on it. So it's been going for a while now. It's been going for nearly 12 years. And the idea basically came from watching competitor wave machines and they were using hard surfaces and um, people getting seriously injured. And I, I just thought, well, why don't we put that on a bouncy castle structure, basically, because it would be a lot softer, you'd fall off it, it'd be like surfing on a bouncy castle, just sort of seemed to make sense. Um, so that sort of led me into designing something up, getting investment and funding for it. And, yeah, the sort of roads led on for there, and over the last 12 years we've finally here setting up our first commercial facility in Aweer. Yeah, because I've seen a few videos of those on cruise ships and that. It doesn't look good when people come off, eh? No, no. The water's pretty fast and horrible and people do get injured. Have you been a surfer yourself? Have you grown up surfing? No, I grew up wakeboarding, water skiing, sort of here in Aweer. We didn't have much surf. Um, we used to travel up to my mother's side of the family, lived up in Mount Monganui, so we used to jump on our bodyboards and go out there when we were, were little. But um, no, I never really got into surfing until I went to uni in Dunedin, and um, that sort of took over from rugby. And I went in town and started surfing. I was never, I've never have been a really great surfer. I can get up and stand up. That's about it, do a few turns. But... I've always had a love for water sports and I suppose my my expertise are more in building things rather than the coordination of being a great surfer. <laughs> well, that's good. I mean, you can stand up. That's a feat in itself, Ross. I can tell you as someone who's never been able to do that, that's good skills. So the thing with this too is that you can set different waves, right, for different sort of levels of surfing. Yeah, so our biggest point of difference, I suppose, throughout the whole world is we're we're fully adjustable waves. So with a, 
we're the only current wave machine or stationary wave machine on the market that can change from a left to a right in probably under two minutes. Um, the closest person that gets to that's over an hour and they have to actually physically stop the machine and um, take a form out and turn it around, whereas we, we basically just deflate some pressures and inflate some other pressures and they create different shaped waves. Uh, they also do different shapes on the fly so we can do different heights. We can't we can't do obviously you can't do a zero to a two meter high wave really fastly or instantly, but you can do you can do, you know, a wave that's a meter to one point five meters in probably under a minute around that thirty sort of thirty second mark. So you can can alter the wave quite a lot. And you can alter the face, so we, we're, we're just at the beginnings of seeing exactly what we can do with this wave, so we can already, we basically can start from no wave and build right up to 1.5 metres at the moment. Um, we have the potential to go up to around 2 metres high um, with this machine, which will be one of the largest stationary waves in the world, or highest stationary waves in the world, which will be a pretty good achievement. And then um, we obviously want to get the big barreling wave um, and if we get the barreling wave, we'll be one of the few stationary waves on the market that actually can achieve a barreling wave. So that would be pretty cool. So tell us a bit about what you're building there, because I'm looking at your website, it looks really incredible. It's just basically a huge big water tank with some gigantic pumps. Yeah, talking around, you know, 850 to a megawatt of power needed. Each pump pumps about five and a half cubic metres a second when they're fully open, so there's three pumps, so it's around 16 and a half cubic metres of water a second, which is a heck of a lot of water. So yeah, that's that's sort of the fundamentals. We just needed a big big holding tank and then a platform to hold our, our inflatable equipment and then some huge pumps to drive the water. Uh, you can't really get around having some massive pumps, so... We, we we thought to be we thought with the pumps. I thought if I go too big, it's better to go too big than not big enough. And we we fired this thing up 100 percent on last weekend. We're actually going to do it today as well. We're going to fire it up to 100 percent today and just run some tests. And it's quite scary. Uh, we we had people watching it who have been surfing it for a wee while, and they wouldn't have got on the wave at that stage. They were sitting there going, "We're not even getting near that until it's made a wee bit safer." And we, we sort of agreed we're not we wouldn't let anyone ride the the full amount of water volume that we can push at the moment until we have all our all our safety pieces in, in place. So we are, we are just testing at the moment. Um, we hope to be open around March. Uh, oh, not March, sorry, Easter um, to the public. And we've just got to get all our health and safety and safety bags because the last thing we want to do is have someone hurt themselves. We want people to surf huge, exciting waves in a really safe environment. That's sort of our motto is to give people who've never surfed before um, a really cool, uh, adrenaline-fueled, exciting day on surfing waves. Well, this is going to be a great tourist attraction. So tell us where you're located and you're going to open up about Easter, but tell tell us where you've built it. So we're in Harwee Flat, 102 McCarthy Road. So yeah, we're sort of on my parents' farm. Quite lucky, actually. It's a bit of a dream come true to move back to the farm. Fifth generation, so we've my family's been here since around 1863. And I bet you they never, never envisioned a wave pool going on the farm. I don't, I don't even think two years ago they envisioned a wave pool going on the farm, but we had circumstances. I think everyone went through COVID and we had circumstances that uh, I think have worked out the best for us. And now we've got a really beautiful location. 
luckily 50 metres away from my house, so I'm privileged to have a wife pull literally 50 metres from my front door in amongst big 100-year-old walnut trees and 100-year-old fruit trees. So it's, yeah, it's pretty special, and it's a pretty special spot. Well, if people want to find out some more and make sure that they follow you and get ready to book in to go surfing, where's the best place to find some more information, Ross? Um, just check us out, yourwave.surf. Um, and so Facebook, Your Wave, and you should be able to get all that details there, my details, and if you want to get in touch, if you want to come and have a surf. Um, once we're open, you should be able to go through that. Yeah, yeah, yourwave.surf. I might come and have a go. You can see a dude really wipe out on it. That'll be good practice for you. <laughs> well, we'll set you up a nice small wave to start with, and you'll be absolutely fine. The Outlet, from your Wanaka app. Thanks for listening to The Outlet. The Outlet is produced and published by the Wanaka app and supported with funding from the New Zealand Public Interest Journalism Fund. The Outlet is available in the audio section of your Wanaka app and wherever you get your podcasts.